And this is Josh Garverick. Josh, it's been Greg. how many shows and how many attempts at this show? Uh, I think it's been more attempts at this show than it has been the <laughs> amount of shows that I haven't been on. <laughs> yes, for the listeners out there, uh, we've been fighting technology today. I, I, I don't know. And the technology has won, fortunately. So we're doing we're this via string cans, uh, which is really long. Tran- the trans uh, transatlantic yeah. Well, the good news is, is we got a great guest on Jeffrey Optum. Did I still screw that up? Didn't I? Optum. You did. Optum. I, I told you before. It's sh- like Jean Claude Van Damme. It's Op Damn. Damn. Yeah. So just damn. Like damn it, Greg. Why can't you do this? <laughs> Jeffrey Optum. 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 Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, it's joining the show. And uh, uh, Willie suggested that we get him on. And as soon as I saw the cool work and have been watching, we've actually, I'm sure we've highlighted his stuff more uh, from he's an ALM Ranger. He's a champion ALM Ranger for September. And he's got a cool project that we're going to spend the majority of the show talking about. But first, let me tell you what Jeffrey is all about. Jeffrey has been working for 13 years with .NET as a developer, technical lead, scrum master, and later on as a software architect. During this, during these years, he's been using the supporting teams with Team Foundation Server. He started out as a freelancer in March 2016 and is coaching various teams with their continuous delivery journey using TFS or VSTS. <laughs> From Twitter, he is just doing crazy continuous delivery stuff with TFS and VSTS, including coaching, loves domain-driven design and CQRS, uh, and I I still, it's command query responsibility separation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) See, it's a good thing we did this show like 12 times. I I finally got the RS right. Uh, So, Jeffrey, actually... I like your most important job, your most important responsibility. What What is your most important responsibility? I'm a dad for two kids. Wow. What and a husband, of course. What so, age are your kids? So um, the youngest guy is a three, and my little girl is currently on the couch. She's five years old. Okay. So they're turning into little humans now. That's the best time. Yeah. And the oldest one actually going into wanted to know what uh, technology is all about. And actually, I bought her a robot. <laughs> what kind? Um, you got the Lego Mindstorms. Oh, so we're building yes. stuff together. That's fun. <laughs> I love Mindstorms. I remember I bought the first one for my kid, too. Yeah, it's really great stuff. So you mentioned the freelancer, and I want to talk about that first on it. Josh and I are both FTEs. We're both full-time cubicle slaves, uh, except for Josh, who's trying to go on vacation here by the, whenever we finish <laughs> this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you took the plunge, and you went freelance. What's that like? Yeah, so this is like one and a half year ago, um, and I was complaining again about maybe I should do something for myself, and my wife's like, yeah, you told me that 10 times ago, just go do it. <laughs> we have some savings, just go do it and stop nagging. Um, so off I go. So in the beginning it was scary because you get you need to get yourself a job. Um, but as soon as I got one, it's, it's not that hard. The only thing is uh, you can do, you arrange your holidays, which kind of means you don't have any um, because I don't allow me to have any uh, holidays. That kind of makes sense. Huh? If you don't work, you don't get paid. Huh? Yeah, that's it. Unlike Josh so, and I. Yeah, you don't you don't work and get paid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, you're gonna fit right in, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So what's the what's a day in Jeffrey's life? 
Yeah, so I currently work for a bank where we do, um, we support about 250 teams um, in the Netherlands, in Belgium, uh, across the Atlantic, I've been in New York, um, and the other part of the team is currently in Brazil. So we're doing a lot of continuous delivery and a lot of support for those teams. And they're all doing TFS. That's great. They're all actually TFS, so they're all on-prem? Yes. Yes, it's in bank, so okay. we got the regulations. But even that's starting to break down. Yeah, yeah. In, in time, I, I think we all, all know where it's heading, but it's, it costs time to uh, um, the other people um, that are responsible for risk and compliance to understand what cloud means. Mm-hmm. But in time, that will change. Yes, I think so. So since they're all, I, we're going to we're going totally off the rails here. Um, no worries. Since they're TFS. Uh, what version of TFS are they on right now, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, we currently have 2017 Update 2. And are, what's the SQL Server that you're using? Uh, 2016. Uh, so you guys are perfectly set for the, the TFS 2018 upgrade, aren't you? Yes. We knew before. <sighs> yeah. I'm still, we've got a great article from Brian Harry about the decision that team made yeah. about going with the SQL Server 2016. And I love that article. I just wish that they had realized these decisions when they started the 2018 cycle. Because in that article, he says that if they had and they're going to use their new standards, they would actually have been 20, TFS 2018 would be using SQL Server 2014. And then I would be a happy client. But right now, I'm not. But anyway, enough of that. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> so you're... An ALM Ranger. We've had a lot of, a few of them on. Uh, uh, I think Josh pretends to be one, right, Josh? Occasionally, I do tend to impersonate an ALM Ranger, yes. <laughs> you play one on TV. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, what's it like being uh, an ALM Ranger? Oh, for me, it's a whole lot of fun. Um, I started out in February this year, mm-hmm. um, and it opens up. Um, yeah, you got a lot of new friends, like yours. I see him sometimes online. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also got um, fun things. You got contacts within Microsoft in the VSTS team. So you, you, we're playing with the bot, and uh, I'm already, already telling everybody now. Um, but that means I have contacts with the bot framework team and also with uh, the VSTS team because we're using the APIs. And I always have questions for them. So, so that's just really fun. You get... To talk to people you don't talk uh, normally. So wait, you've only been an you've been an ALM Ranger since February. Yes. And you became the September champion ALM Ranger. Yes. Josh wow. was not paying attention, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Now, what is? Why did you get this September champion? Um. Again, Josh was not paying attention, <laughs> but re- reality. Um. I, I've been. I think it's just the passion I have for the bot. Um, I, I'm kind of on a mission to get it out there. Uh, I've been working my ass off for that. Um, so I think really chose me for that. So okay. So let's talk about the bot. What is the VSTS bot? Yeah. So we want to enable uh, users for VSTS to be able to chat to VSTS. Um, actually, we want to create a little assistant so that um, there's some bot that can help you with your daily tasks um, and move forward. The On the VSTS bot, now in preview post, the Build Bunny logo? Yes, 
<laughs> Did you guys do that on purpose? I mean, was that like an homage to uh, the Build Bunny? No, that's an, the bunny isn't the image is a long, long story about twelve weeks. Um, I was just trying to get somebody to make a nice image, and I and it didn't work. Didn't work. At the end, Anisha did it, and she gave me uh, in an hour five choices, and I'd say pick one. And the bunny was the cutest one. And I always already forgot about Brian the bunny. I forgot it about it. And then I saw the Twitter images from uh, Martin. I was like, oh, it's the same one. And then, oh, yes, of course. Um, I tried I tried to get Martin to bring it over to the Netherlands when he was here last week. But he didn't. But it's fun, though, the bunny. Yeah, that's funny. As soon as I saw that, it's like, that's, that's the build bunny. Yeah. yeah. I thought it looked vaguely familiar. <laughs> uh, so, Josh, dude, I'm totally hogging the show. Funny that. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> Why don't you take a question? I, I think it. I think it's because I wasn't paying attention. Uh, <laughs> so, from from a developer's perspective, Jeffrey, um, what's been your experience with a bot framework? Is it is it easy to get into and utilize? Were there areas in which you found yourself scratching your head and and running into issues, or like, what was your overall experience as a as a developer? So um, that's a good question because it's kind of both. Um, when you start out and read articles, then you think you can choose either Node.js, uh, the SDK, or you can choose um, the .NET framework, uh, which is kind of based to Web API. There's also a possibility that you program against the RESTful APIs with Java. Or I saw somebody doing Python against it, which is also cool. Uh, but we chose for the team, as most of them know, uh, C-Sharp. Um, let's do the uh, .NET and uh, with Web API. And this is very easy to set up. And um, after that, things get a bit more interesting. So you need to know that um, you got a few uh, terminology you have there. So you got a conversation, you got uh, dialogues, you got some user data, you got some user data per conversation, so those things you need to know, um, which are, and the data just like a uh, uh, few bags. You can pick them up to push something in there, and later on you can pick it up again. But also there's something, um, there's a stack. So whenever you're uh, in a dialogue, so somebody, uh, you're processing what somebody said, you can say, well, start waiting for somebody, something else to say. And somehow the framework magically well, uh, knows when it, it, somebody, the user enters uh, some text, it goes back to the dialogue to the method you marked for proceed here when you're waiting. Um, those things are not that obvious uh, in the first time, especially if you're really used to web API doing requests and responses. Um, and the other thing is with unit testing, we we kind of wanted to make sure that we got the testing right. And um, doing unit testing, um, there's some awkwardness into, um, there's some extension methods you want to mock out with a mocking framework, but there are um, extension methods. And first time you think they're like methods on a interface. Um, so as soon as you realize that, it just took us three weeks, kind of forever, um, then you're set to go and move forward. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how extension methods might be a little bit tricky to, to yeah. deal with. And, and kind of rolling along with that, 
from a CI/CD perspective, how hard was that to set up? I'm assuming that's that's all in the works, given that that's very much your wheelhouse. Yeah, no, actually that was really really easy because it's a web API application, and um, we're hosting an Azure as an app service, and that's yeah, it's quite forward. You got the extension there for to release to Azure as an app service. Um, the harder part was setting up um, our acceptance tests. So we're doing some tests that actually goes from a client. Um, there's a SDK called the uh, bot direct client, and that sends a message to uh, our bot, and that goes into sending a message to VSCS and um, doing stuff with that. Um, the hard part there was is, um, is to connect to VSCS through the APIs. You need to have an auth um, to OAuth token. Um, and doing that with during testing, you kind of need to capture it. So did, have we even said what the bot does yet or what you can do with the bot? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeffrey, what can, what tell, what is, what can you do with this bot? Or what can the bot uh, help you with? Yeah, so so um, what we first try to realize is to get feedback um, if people are interested, which is kind of we're getting now. Um, so what we can do is first of all you need to connect. You can connect to your uh, account, your VCS account, and of course to your one of your team projects. This is the basic thing you need to do. Um, and then you can decide to do either uh, get a list of your build definitions, and you can queue one or you get a list of your release definitions and you can create a release. Uh, and the last thing you can do is get your own approvals, which you have to approve and then either approve or reject them. So they're kind of the basic things, um, but we're now collecting feedback and um, we are also connected with application insights from Azure. Um, so seeing how people actually are using it, um, and people are asking questions uh, and setting issues, which is kind of cool. Um, and based on that, we're gonna move forward based on that feedback. Where, um, what can you add this bot to? What channels? Yeah, currently we have uh, Skype and we have Slack. We're still working on uh, getting it into Microsoft Teams. And it's only for VSTS, not TFS, right? No, not not yet. We, okay. we, I know people want to have for TFS, but it's harder because you have to get, uh, you have to open up TFS somehow to the internet because the bot framework lives on the internet and our um, our bot lives in Azure. Um, so we haven't defined a way to do that yet. Yeah, what if you installed the bot on Azure Stack? Yeah, you can do that or host it or something like that. But the bits and bytes are on GitHub and are, um, people can copy it and um, actually invite people to please create a pull request if you've got something exciting to, to do um, because we will love that. Cool. And we'll have the links in the show notes for the, yeah. the repo. Um, what's the time frame for uh, Microsoft Teams? Um, as soon as possible. We are currently working on that. I'm not, not sure yet because we need to um, to get things published. Um, Slack took us around three, four weeks. Um, they have a bunch of questions. They have a bunch of ways to do, um, to how to you set up support. You have to, uh, they're gonna test your bot. Um, and the same thing applies for Microsoft Teams. So we're gonna doing ping pong with them. So we are submitting and I say, well, can you 
um, uh, fix this? Can you fix that? And then we're getting feedback, and then we're going to fix that and push again. So, so it's a bit of ping pong. It's, so it's that actually iterative, that back and forth when creating bots. It's not just a wild west. Anybody can create any bot. There's actually yeah, there's an, there's on both sides for Slack and also for Microsoft Teams. There is a validation team that actually looks into what you're actually doing. That's actually that's actually good news. I was afraid it was a yeah. little less controlled. Yeah, but it's not so controlled like um, when you're doing mobile apps where mobile apps, every time you uh, publish a new version, um, in mobile apps, they will uh, validate that new version. Um, this is just validating uh, what you published. And then every, as soon as you change your bits on the back, it's just in Azure. And that's your, you, you got control yourself on that. So for uh, do you have any advice? Somebody else wants to write this kind of integration calling the, the, the VSTS REST APIs and stuff. What kind of suggestions or advice do you have for people? Yeah, so for integrating with VCS, is, is the, the uh, documentation is on the Internet. Just uh, use Bing or Google and look for uh, TFS or VSTS API. Uh, there's a lot of documentation there. Um, make sure you got the OAuth um, workflow right because uh, that was our first pain we had. Um, and for the building a bot itself, um, you probably will look into how you can use AI, artificial intelligence. Um, we kind of skipped it first. We got some comments that, well, it's first start producing something, put it out there, and afterwards look like look at how people are talking to you about. Because if you start with AI with Lewis, you're probably going to start with, um, with asking yourself the question, how are people going to talk to it? And that's a hard question. You don't know. I don't know. So we kind of said, let's put it out there and, and see what, how actually people are talking to it. That makes sense. I hope so. <laughs> Josh, what have I been forgetting to ask i know Where's... josh has got it ladies and gentlemen josh has got to leave soon so we're gonna let josh hog the show all four minutes and 10 seconds left of his part <laughs> until he has to leave. no 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 i i don't have a any so i can hang out and, and embarrass myself all you want um, so from a from a question standpoint being in the elm rangers jeffrey what other projects with the rangers have you worked on um actually this is the first one um, which is kind of, uh, if, if, if element rangers under us know it, is that it really doesn't allow a new LM member uh, to do project lead in, at first. Actually, I got a gig from the start. So that's cool. Um, so this is just my first, first project. Awesome. Well, it's a, it's, it's a very, uh, very, at least from what I've seen, well-received and, and very interesting project. So yeah. kudos to you on that. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. From a continuous delivery perspective, um, what's the hardest thing in getting CD set up from your perspective? So based on any of the, the work experiences that you've had, what's been the most difficult barrier to entry for continuous delivery? Um, so working for the bank, we got a lot of different kind of applications. We got uh, um, .NET application being custom development for uh, within the bank, but we also got uh, commercial off the shelf applications and um, for those you need to make sure that the installers for instance are um, are able to be run from command line 
so you don't have UI. Um, and sometimes the documentation is not that well well written, so you have to figure it out. And that means I, I have done some uh, decomposing of MSI, so I understand what's going on in there. Um, also, there are some people that are running applications or building applications for years, and now they're getting into CI and CD. Um, that means that the way of their they're used to working have to change um, sometimes very 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 large, which is sometimes very hard to do. I got teams that has um, configuration files like 300 of them, and then we 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 had to reduce them first. So yeah, this, 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 so there's a lot of uh, easy things to do, but also very hard things to do. So what's what's the craziest Rube Goldberg machine kind of? Uh, Build or release that you've seen or been a part of constructing? Um, actually, the one I mentioned with the hundreds and hundreds of configuration files, we tried to decompose it and actually went to 100 and then uh, found a small trick we can create them on the fly. Um, but we also did some old Cobalt uh, applications. Um, um, and that's hard to do. But anything is fun to do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how harder it is, how funner, well, more fun it is to do. What kind of suggestions would you have for somebody who wants to actually get started in doing oh, yeah. uh, continuous delivery? Oh, just go do it. Um, I actually think you, <laughs> just uh, yeah, just go do it. Uh, there's no excuse anymore. Not now. Uh, but I think you should do um, an, an value stream mapping. So they actually know for this is how my process looks like from A to Z, from from my idea to getting something into production and how long it takes. And um, based on that information, you can see, well, if I change my process, if, if I automate this part, I will get real benefit from it. So instead of it takes weeks or months, I'm going to go back to, well, days, maybe a week before I release something in production. Then you've got metrics to actually know what you're doing awesome but still just do it just do it there's no excuse yeah i think that's the best advice right there don't be afraid it won't hurt you no and we can go f you can go to windows you can to linux you can go to mac os you can go to the cloud you can deploy anything in the app store for ios or for for your windows phone i still love that phone um (laughs) or for you for your android phones yes i had to say it don't make me – I'm holding my Windows phone right now and just dreading that come December my contract is up and is on my just saying I, I might have to go Android. It makes me <laughs> die a little inside having to say that. <laughs> having a, having apps would also be nice. Yeah, it is. Right. I love it. Okay. So we're getting to that point. Um, Jeffrey, what have we forgotten to ask you? Um, my birthday. <laughs> That would be good to know. Yeah, you forgot to ask me what I'm going to do next with the bot. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Je- Jeffrey, what are you going to do next with the VSTS bot? Anything you want. No. <laughs> uh, as long um, as you do so, a PR, you the code's yeah, right yeah. there. Whatever yeah. you want, you can do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, suppose a pull request, then yeah. we'll be fine. No, um, thing, the, the, the thing we can do uh, first is we want to do something with uh, we call subscriptions and notifications. Um, so instead of you're telling something to the bot and it's going to do something, it's going to tell you something. And the first of the things we're thinking of is that you can subscribe that give me my approvals. Um, 
And then anytime an approval comes into VCS for you, it's actually pings you and say, there's no approval for you. Do you want to reject or approve it? Um, and the other things we want to uh, better is um, how we visualize the uh, builds and releases. Um, so there's actually more information in the card. So I think that's are the two big rocks we want to do first. I would love to, I, I'm just, we, we're starting to use Microsoft Teams here a lot. And, and just the, the thought of the not having to worry about the approvals. Yeah. Right? You know, worrying about the emails or remembering or, you know, having my coworker, hey, yeah, can you approve this? You know, having yeah. that right in the Teams. And it just awesome. pings into your phone and it's a ping. Yeah. And you go, yes, go do it. <laughs> and if your product owner is on holiday somewhere on an island, you get a ping because phones go everywhere. You just ping and it goes approve. That would be awesome. All right, uh, Jeffrey, do you want to help us with the news a little bit? I think sure. Josh and I are going to ping back and forth, but uh, and, sure. and we, were, we thought Paul was going to be here, so we gave him some stories. He'll have to do them via proxy. I, I will play in good Paul. Okay. <laughs> um, well, first, though, the big news, sad news, or good news. Actually, it's good news. Anybody doing good and moving on and doing something new is good news. And Brian Keller, the man, the myth, the BKVM himself, has left the building. He's left Microsoft after 15 years to join Amazon to, and working on the Alexa team. How cool is that? I congratulate you on that, Brian. Um, to make room for him, or Brian, I guess Brian made room for the next person, Paul Hacker is joining Microsoft. He's going to become an FTE doing DevOps stuff with Microsoft. So that's kind of cool too. Yep. Now, you know, I was kind of hoping Paul would be here and tell us about all the stuff he's going to be doing. So we'll make fun of him and um, somebody will <laughs> let him know that we made fun of him. Uh, but now he doesn't have to be an MVP or can't be an MVP. Right. Well, maybe he'll be on the show more because when Martin wasn't doing that stuff, the show more or less, I don't know. I don't know how that logic work out, works out. All right, well, let's talk about some news stuff. Uh, Josh had to leave us. He's got his vacation to do. We told you about that hard stop. That and Skype was just not liking him. Skype was like, I think we had that Josh filter set just a little too high. What do you think, Jeffrey? I think he just got the silent treatment. <laughs> Either that or he's all like, you know, I really want to go on vacation. If I screw this up, maybe I could leave he, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, in five minutes, he was out of there. It was like, yeah, I'm trying really hard. <laughs> and he was gone. <coughs> oh, well, that's funny. All right, so let's do some news things. Um, we won't overwhelm you all with all the news items. We'll have the things that we didn't do in the show, but we were going to. They're still going to be on uh, the website in the show notes. on it. So there'll be a number of links there. Uh, the first one is um, the VSTS update. Yeah, Brian Carey blogged about this and you know he did a little bit late but uh he talked about there's a significant reworking of the filtering ui for the work item and code search which i actually thought the code search was pretty awesome have you what do you think about it jeffrey well i haven't looked into it um still working most of the time on, on tfs uh -huh. but it's getting better and better better every day but even the, even that you, you said you were on 2017.2 um yeah the code search there. I got. I love the code search. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's why it's kind of funny. He's talking about they made it a whole bunch better. It's like, well, I thought it was pretty good already. So it was, <laughs> this must be uber better. 
there was one thing I wanted to ask you that this sparked my uh, uh, your TFS all day, every day, but you're still doing VSTS. How does it feel switching between these kind of two environments? I sometimes get lost. <laughs> I actually get lost sometimes. Sometimes teams are looking at me. So, yeah, we you're here because you're going to explain everything to me, and I'm just moving the mouse around on the screen, <laughs> rewiring my own brain. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, this is not the new release definition editor. It's still the old one. And I just move the mouse a bit more on the screen, and then it pops up my brain, pops up in the right motion, and then go. It's it's fun, but especially if you're you're on the also on the different rings. Then oh. it's like <laughs> <laughs> so you're, even your VSTS is different from your VSTS. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and as fast as VSTS moves, oh my god, I can't imagine. It's hard. I I have this context switch too. We've got some projects that are fully out in VSTS, so I'm building them, uh, um, builds and releases, and you know, yep. trying to grok the new release editor. And then I I'm running 2017.2 as well on prem. So <laughs> going between those two, yeah, that's enough to make your brain explode. Yeah, but so so much they're doing so much changes and so fast. It's it's hard to keep up. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, speaking of keeping up, Brian Harry also did this great post, and I swear, you know, if I didn't know better, he was writing this for me. Uh, how much have you guys listening out there heard me bitch and moan about the SQL Server requirements for TFS 2018? Okay, raise your hand. All of you heard it. You know, yeah, you're tired of that? Yeah, I, Brian must have heard it too because he did this great post about Team Foundation Server 2018 and SQL Server. And he talks about all of the requirements and the thinking behind why is TFS 2018 dependent on SQL Server 2016? And he goes through the whole details, number of paragraphs as to first why, and then the thinking, and then the kind of like Mia Copa, it's like, you know what? Everybody's changing their cadence. You know, they were thinking at a three-year cadence for SQL Server, but even TFS used to be like a three-year cadence. Now it's two years, now it's one year. SQL Server is now one year. Everybody's cadences are speeding up. And uh, the thing I had to laugh about on this post is just how, you know, when they went into de de development for 2018, TFS 2018, they were like, well, of course we're going to use SQL Server 2016. You know, it's, it'll be old by that time. But then the reality of the real world came in. And and I I feel kind of good in that they said, you know, if they looked at it today, TFS 2018 would be on SQL Server 2014. But they can't do that now. It's obviously too late to change 2018. So it's going to be 2016. But 20, you know, uh, yeah, TFS 2018 will use SQL Server 2016. But TFS v whatever's after will still probably be on 2016. And he goes into the rationale and how they're going to make things different and be able to deal with this going forward. So that's a great post if you if you had those same concerns. Jeffrey, you guys are going to be in a good spot already because you're already on SQL Server yeah. 2016. But if it's up to us, we're going to move to 2017. Nice. Yeah, that's SQL Server 2017 is pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. It's just getting better and better and better. The ML stuff, I mean, that in-database machine learning that's just there, and not let alone that they included Python in SQL Server 2017, but the actual machine learning, that's just freaking amazing. And the whole yeah. Linux thing and all that stuff. Yeah, but I think we're not doing Linux yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, dude, I can really keep up with the Windows, man. I couldn't. 
<laughs> but if we do the whole Linux subsystem on Windows and then run SQL, uh, never mind. Again, that makes my head hurt. Yeah, I mean, we can put that on Azure Stack in Azure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> With containers, don't forget. Get yeah. It. yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> the containers on Linux on Azure Stack. Talking, yeah. Um, so this is an old post. This next story is an old post, but it. it was something that I just did not know. Jeff Bramwell wrote on September 1st, 2016, uh, background, I've got four build agents uh, on four different machines, luckily. And, and uh, they started at the 1.0 build agents. Well, with 2017, uh, they started appreciating them. So I'm going through and updating to the 2.0 but I was doing them backwards. So instead of going to machine zero one and doing it, I was like, okay, that one gets used all the time. So I'm going to start at zero four and then go to zero three and then zero two and then upgrade them, you know, just in case. Uh, but I started doing that. I started noticing, wait a minute, how come the order of my execution, the, the, the way those agents were selected was changing? I thought it was just based off the order in the agent queue. You go there and you see all oh, machine number one's first, machine number two second, machine number three. So that's the way they should be used, right? Yeah, no, that's not how they're used. Jeff Bramwell talks about that exact same expectation and also why it's wrong. It's basically the order of inst installation. That, that That's the primary of yeah. it. You know, they've got a, let me see, what did he have on it? Uh, the logic is they select all the build agents that match the specific, specific demands and then sort the results on a clustered index on the agent name or agent not even name, ID. So the build agents are selected in the same order that they were registered with VSTS. And that's, you know, that's a really important thing you know, to do. So you actually basically have to, to fix it. You have to kind of unregister them and register them in the right order that you kind of want them to yeah. execute. I just did, had no idea about that. <sighs> Where are we at on the show, my friend? Yeah. Oh, we got a few more minutes. Other good stories on it. Well, let's talk about the wiki. We all know that the wiki is going from wiki asterisk to wiki. That Are you using the wiki at all in any way, shape, or form in any of your projects, Jeffrey? I'm um, clearly not. As It's not in 2017 yet, so... Right. Um, I think it's going to be used a lot by us in 2018 when it comes out. Um, but as an arranger, you have a lot of wikis. Yeah, our, one of our team members got bit because of the evolution that the wiki has gone through. But now it's finally, it's real, real. It's no longer in preview mode. It went live. It's no longer asterisk. And uh, they talk about this new features. Uh, Sandeep Chadak talks about the new features that are available, how to turn them on, things like um, referring work items in the wiki, rich context pasting, so you can paste tables in yep. a side-by-side -side edit and preview <laughs> stupid thing control less saves <laughs> you think that's silly until you're constantly trying to do that um and i've been seeing a lot of chatter about this and one of the great things about it's just it's all stored in github and it's all basically markup so you can just clone that wiki repo and use markup and, and create, you can automatically create a bunch of content. It's just stuff there. So it's like, ah, uh, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to use this once it becomes yeah. more prevalent uh, on-prem. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's going to just, just be there for the teams where they can put their, their text together and what they want to know each for, for the project. So yeah, it's going to be used a lot. So the last story that I want to talk about is um, from Edward Thompson. 
who we've had on the show before, uh, Thompson without a P. And he talks about the videos from Ignite. Now I die a little bit inside as a channel niner, you know, Microsoft channel niner guy. Ignite made me die again a little inside because they posted these all on YouTube and it just makes me sad. But what doesn't make me sad is the amount of videos and stuff that are available and recorded and you can view them all on demand from DevOps in any language to one that Martin did, uh, moving 65,000 Microsofts to DevOps with VSTS uh, migration, version control for everyone, get it scale, <laughs> a number of these things. Did you go to have a chance to go to Ignite? Jeffrey? No, 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 not not just yet. But I met Edward Thompson last week in the Netherlands, including with Martin. And actually, Martin did his um, his event here too with the not the sixty five thousand, so already above the seventy thousand. <laughs> that count it keeps on counting. That's pretty impressive. Just the fact, so, I mean, it's, that's, yeah, I'm sh and I know they use that when they're talking to all their clients, but. Yeah, but it actually shows that it's an, a VCS not just a system for small teams, but also for very large teams. Yeah, and, and for so diverse teams, I, you know, yeah. I, and engineers, yeah, it just it blows my mind that you could get all of those people together and make a accept the decision or, or ex, not only accept it, but, you know, be excited about moving to that. Yeah, it's getting more and more into a no brainer. Yeah, it certainly is, isn't it? All right, my friend. Well, I think that is a show. Um Jeffrey, I want to thank you again very much for being on and dealing with all of the technology, technology <laughs> difficulties that we had. Yeah, thank uh, you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to the show. If you want to leave us some feedback, send us an email, all right? RadioTFS at Outlook.com. You can find us on Twitter. Send us a tweet, at RadioTFS. I get all of those tweets myself, so I will reply to them or include them in the show. We're on Facebook slash Radio TFS and voicemail. Send us a voicemail. Safe for work, man. I'll play. It. We'll play it on the air. You could be beside yourself. Oh no, that's kind of weird. Besides us on <laughs> and be a guest host. The phone number is and. Don't write this down. Don't write this phone number down. I have to repeat it because that's kind of like my job as a host. Go to RadioTFS.com. The number is there. If you subscribe to the podcast, the phone number is there in the description for the podcast. Okay. Um, just call us. 1-425-233-8379. And you can be, uh, again, part of the show. And I'm going to re-extend the offer for stickers. If you guys want a Radio TFS sticker, Send me, send us a tweet, and then what I'll do is reverse and say, send me a, a DM with your address. And if it's here in North America, here in North America, if it's in North America, I'll send you the stickers. If you're in the EU or on that side of the ocean, Martin will send you the stickers. But we'll get you the stickers. It's more than just one. We'll give you a couple for friends and family because everybody should have a Radio TFS and even a DevOps sticker somewhere around your place. <sighs> so, Jeffrey, thanks again for being on, my friend. Yes, and thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening to Radio TFS. Radio TFS.